it's all about memory. Like we're creating memories for for our clients. And if if you do some, if you like, you can have a, a style where you will stage everything, and it will look amazing, especially on the social networks. But at the same time, I, I'm asking myself, like, yeah, but does the client really want something like this? Because it's not a memory of the wedding day. It's it's some kind of vision of the wedding videographer who forces them to you know do this kind of shot. And you know maybe for some it works because they just want a beautiful wedding video. But for me, I would be really. It would just make me remember how we faked the you know this kind of like let's say putting on the suit and how we re had to redone it five or six times. isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and to help grow your wedding business. The team over at Caco Films are awesome international wedding videographers and educators which is why on today's episode we'll be talking to Martin about their discreet and unobtrusive approach to filming, as well as much more. Life is still challenging us with COVID, so again we are remote recording this episode, which of course is sponsored by With Jack, but I will get onto that a little bit later in the show. Oh, I've, I've missed talking about when, so let's just get into this, Greg. What are you drinking? So, I have signed up for a new coffee subscription recently. How it's called dare you? The Coffee Boffin. Mm. Uh, I'll put a link to it to their Instagram in the show notes. And I'm drinking one of theirs that they sent me, which is EXE Coffee Roasters from Devon. And it is a Colombian, El Encanto. It's got. It says here it's got mashed ripe banana, mango, and a creamy mouthfeel taste notes. I'm definitely getting the mango. I I I never really understood that kind of flavor note when it has like a creamy like. I don't know. I've never understood that about a coffee. I think it just means taste. it's quite smooth. More. Mm. So I brewed it up on the AeroPress. Uh, so what are you drinking? Um. Well, I, I, as you may remember, I used to have two coffee subscriptions. I used to do the uh, the blue coffee and the beans. Um, but the beans were just so good, I have just doubled up on, on the beans. So right now I am drinking the Baru Black Mountain uh, from Panama. Um, I've not read these flavors. There are no notes because it's not in English. But it's delicious. I will give them that. It is delicious, and I brewed this up uh, through a V60 uh, straight into my Spartan Protein Gym shaker because <laughs> I don't have a big ball, and I always run out of coffee during episodes. So lovely. Yeah. But we are joined by Martin. Martin, how you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm also having a coffee. I don't know if you can hear. Yep. Mm. I'm also having V60 and I have all, uh, we also do have a subscription here from the Czech brewery and uh, it also says that it's from Colombia and <laughs> mine says it's uh, plums and tropical fruit. Ah, cool. Good way to start the morning, gentlemen, with a nice fresh cup of coffee. Mm. I've also got a wee bit of, I've also got a wee bit of brownie here that I made last night. 
So just to make <laughs> you feel jealous, homemade brownie. You're making brownies now? Yeah, last night just made up some homemade Claire, brownies. Claire, Claire is changing you. Yeah, it's changing you. Is it better than your mum's cooking? Or baking, I should say. Yeah. Yeah? Good. Better than your mum's baking? Oh, all right. You still there, Greg? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, let's just have a wee chat, guys, about what we've been doing recently. Greg, how's your week been? My week? Um, <laughs> just finishing my brownie here. <laughs> my week's oh, it, been... Oh, I thought there was technical difficulties. My week's been quite slow. Not much happening, although we have managed to finish a couple of edits for recent weddings that we've done, so that gave me some mm-hmm. stuff to deliver to couples, so that was quite good. It's always nice sending out a final film and getting that to the couple. So, yeah. yeah do, you wanna, do, do you wanna tell everyone about my uh, mistake that I made? A very easy mistake that I made. I mean, I'm sure there was a few mistakes. Was that adjustment layer being shifted? Yeah. Yeah. Adjusted uh, by what, two pixels? Yeah, so, so the, <laughs> go on. So basically that meant that my um, two pixels to the very left of the screen was not coloured. And it just looked like a faint white line. And oh my goodness, I didn't even notice it. Didn't even notice it. Joking. But it's yeah, been it's fixed quite, now. We're all good. Quite an easy mistake to make, I would assume, if you just accidentally nudge it. And so easy to miss. Mm-hmm. It was just when I was reviewing the films, I was like, hold on, what's that at the edge of the frame? Paused it and had a look. Then went back into the project and I saw two pixels out. I was like, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> and what's amazing is I actually did, like, I, I fully reviewed this film on my big TV and I still did not pick it up. So, um, yeah, I need to pay more attention. And like, Has your week been, Simon? Uh, my week in general has been all right. I just feel, for anyone who has kids, they'll probably know this. It's just uh, a rush of get like making sure that their homework's all done and they're out to school or they're doing their classes now, and you're trying to fit in stuff for you. You're you might not like I'm not editing a lot. Well, I was last week for the styled shoot, but I just feel like I'm all over the place and I'm trying to get to the gym and I just I feel really busy. And this is a quiet spell, so I'm I'm thinking next year's gonna be oh I don't know. Maybe escaping the house every so often might be nice, but it's been busy. But Martin, how how's how's your week been? What you been up to? I, I don't know, like it feels like uh, because right now we're in the middle of, of lockdown. It's uh, well uh, it's not actually like technically lockdown because otherwise the government would have to pay everyone for being in a lockdown, so uh, yeah, <laughs> they only said like, yeah, you should stay home and you should work from home, and all of the shops are kind of closed, but they're not. So yeah, it's kind of really strange. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think like this is the the first year after maybe six year or seven years I'm in the industry that I have time for something I didn't have time like before. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of I, I don't know, <laughs> but it it feels really strange. So yeah, we're finishing stuff we didn't have time to do for a really long time and you know, things like that. Yeah. Any any cool projects that you can tell us about that you've been working on? 
Like, you mean last week or this year? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. uh, maybe, uh, th tell us about this year. Yeah, so this year, I think I, uh, because in the, in the spring, uh, the situation here was really, like, it was taken by uh, quite seriously. So mm -hmm. I think the first wave was not so, not so, uh, not so strong here, at least in yeah. the middle, middle Europe. Yep. So we did kind of, kind of like, okay. But at the same time, I was really scared in the beginning, like what's going, what, what will happen and stuff. So I, uh, we canceled our office and we started to work from, from home. And I tried to cancel all the flight tickets and I was like, yeah, and then I will, later I will see like which weddings I'm going to shoot and which not. And I also started uh, because I thought like maybe I'll have some time to do something I never did before. And uh, I've got a lot of requests for workshops and stuff like that, mentorings. So mm -hmm. I decided like, yeah, maybe, maybe I could like do some webinars or something like that. In the, it evolved into something much bigger <laughs> in the end, but uh, yeah. So, and then summer has been like quite nice. I actually had, uh, I was really lucky to, to travel a bit. Like right after the first wave, uh, I was in Italy. It was oh. really, yeah, it was quite amazing because I've been to play like Venice. I've never seen Venice. So it, there were no tourists in Venice or oh, yeah. Flo Florence. It was just, just Italians and no one else. So this was really, really nice. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I kind of have a, like a mixed feelings for this year because it's been great, but at the same time it was terrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that. You know what? I would love to see those cities without any tourists. That must have yeah. been a, a very cool experience. But you, you must have been to Sky. Uh, it's kind of similar, isn't it? Uh, Sky in in general is very busy with tourists. Although, yeah. I suppose well, we were just up there recently for a for an elopement shoot, and. Um, it was a lot quieter. It was yeah. a lot quieter. Like people, people are allowed to travel within Scotland and go up there for just a weekend or a hike or something. But the difference compared to the same time last year, mm. when it would have been full of tour buses and foreign tourists, was amazing. It was so quiet. Mm. Yeah, I was. I was trying to think back, Greg, because we were kind of shooting in more quieter bits in Sky anyway that time. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like you always try and persuade the couple to choose somewhere that is quieter and shoot at certain times that will be quieter. Yeah. But the place we went to, we had that whole spot to ourselves for, I mean, we must have been there for what, a couple hours? Are we, are we, uh, what, at the, at Dunsgate? The ceremony spot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a good few hours. And nobody else turned up to wonder about or anything, so... Mm. To get that on Sky is quite amazing. Mm. Yeah, kind of a crazy. Well, in fact, well, we we haven't really spoken about anything we've been shooting on recent episodes of the podcast, Greg. So why don't we no. just talk talk about this one very quickly? Go on. So obviously, we were, it was Kate, the couple was Katie and Campbell. They had planned this big wedding in uh, in, in Glasgow, but they obviously <sighs> had cancelled those plans and, and put them into the future. But they still wanted to get married, so. They went to Sky, went to uh, chose a location called uh, Dunscathe Castle, which uh, where where is it, Greg? In terms of the map of Sky, I'd say fairly far south. It's yeah, like bottom left. 
if you get to Broadford and then head west from there, mm-hmm. you're heading towards it. Yeah, um, and it was lovely, obviously, working with Andrew Ray, who who lives up there, um, and uh, the the whole day was planned by Finn Fluckra, uh, who is obviously podcast guest, previous podcast guest. So it was just lovely to be around familiar people, to be out in in in, in Sky again shooting. And my golly, was it a difficult shoot. We had nearly all four seasons in the space of the four, three or four hours that we were at that particular location. On the way to the actual location where they got married, it was a complete downpour, like, like monsoon weather. It was very intense. All our kit got soaked through. And then during the middle of the ceremony, it turned very hot summer. (laughs) And all of our lenses started to steam up. Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which was an interesting challenge when all your lenses are steaming up and, you know, you can't really do much about it. And then uh, mm-hmm. after the ceremony, uh, there was this buildup of static. And I've never experienced this. Uh, apparently, you know, if, the, if it's likely to have, like, thunder and lightning, the atmosphere has, like, a buildup of static. And you could tell because everyone's, everyone's wet hair was standing up. And you can actually see it on the true. You can you, you can see it on one of the shots. Um, Keys here just standing on edge. Um, it was pretty crazy and a little bit scary, having been told that there could be thunder and lightning when you're holding a glycam in your hand and you're around nothing else yeah, in the you're, hills. You're at least half an hour away from where the car's parked. <laughs> oh man! I tell you what, though, it was it was good to be out in the hills shooting again. Because the past couple of days, well, past couple of things that we've been having to shoot, I've had to get Tom and Greg to do it because either Lindsay was in isolation. Yeah, well, that's it. Lindsay's just always in isolation. <laughs> that's my, that's actually my favorite favorite weather when when it changes, like when you can experience the whole year in just few few hours. That's, I think maybe that's why I like Iceland so much. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sky in Iceland, you can just have every weather and. In 10 minutes. <laughs> and I also remember, like, uh, I've had a wet camera, like, uh, almost every time, but I've only had uh, one time uh, my lenses wet for also from the inside, and it was in sky, <laughs> I think, shooting, uh. shooting with Dylan Kitchener. And, uh, yeah, 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 my lenses were just soaking soaking wet. Yeah. Did you have any uh, buildup of, of haze on your front glass, or was it just yeah. your lenses were... It was just it was just wet from the inside, so I had to take it to the fireplace and just you know <laughs> let it dry for one hour or so. And yeah, during the yeah. the reception, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to say um, when you're in that kind of monsoon weather and all your kit is like as if it's been rained directly on, you do get nervous. But yeah, yeah. it was good. So, so okay. when you said you were able to travel to a couple of places in Italy were those for weddings yeah weddings and also uh, I've done a, I've done a commercials for one of my clients so yeah maybe like this year I'm also because I used to do commercial work before and then I've jumped into weddings like full-time job and I've basically quit all of the commercial jobs and this year was kind of like different so I had the opportunity to do some commercials also because I think like with weddings, I was also, I was like all the time scared that, you know, if I will just focus maybe on Iceland, then, you know, what will happen if there will be a problem in the country or, you know, 
there will be some problem with flights or whatever. So I try to have weddings all over in order to you know to, to be more safe. But in the end, <laughs> I think I was I was uh, it wasn't working that well because I think most of my colleagues here in Czech Republic they were just you know shooting weddings for locals. But uh, my plan for this year was basically just uh, bigger weddings, and all of them were somewhere else than the Czech Republic. So yeah. But yeah, I've kind of have like a few last minute jobs and also some of the weddings were able to 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 took place as planned. So yeah, it was okay. Martin, in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm a videographer based out of I always, I always say that I'm based off of Prague, but uh, actually we're not living in Prague anymore. It's just for Americans, if I say I'm from Czech Republic, they, they have no <laughs> idea where the Czech Republic is. It sounds like Chechnya, so uh, some like Eastern country, like is it close to Russia or yeah. So I always say like Prague because they know where Prague is. And yeah, and I do wedding films. Cool, yeah. <laughs> so how... How did you get started? You mentioned that you used to do some commercial work. How did you get started into the wedding industry? Yeah, that's a really long story, but to make it short, uh, I was I was studying uh, IT uh, at the university, and like only like just a part of my studies were connected to image processing, and I've also done something with video. But then I I was working in a, in a in a big IT company as a manager, and I had a team of of, uh, of guys working, and uh, I didn't really enjoy you know getting to the same place every day, working with the same people, doing the same tasks. And what was like worse for me is that you know sometimes you work for a year on on something, and you never see the results of your work. Uh, I think this can happen uh, a lot if you work, you know, for, for these big kind of projects or if you just work with people and you just manage the project. And I felt like I would like to do something else. And then I, you know, I was always all connected to video and, and photos. So I was thinking like, yeah, maybe I should start doing wedding pictures or wedding videos. And I kind of have this idea and, you know, I started working uh, while I was still working in the in the big corporate, and once it started to, once I started to have some real bookings, I quit the job and I started working in for weddings, like full mm. job. So obviously, Kako Films is your company. Who who's in the team of Kako? Because there's a few of you, isn't there? Yeah, uh, we're a bigger team now because, like, also like with time uh, and with more projects, I found out that. You know, I'm not able to do everything just by myself. Or if I would be doing it, I will probably burn out after <laughs> two or three years walking yeah. off full time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, one of the things, uh, like one of the first change, I think, was that my my girlfriend and now wife started working with me so that we could be more together because, you know, uh, I was traveling a lot and I was thinking like maybe we could do it together. So this was the first change and it, it works really beautiful. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of people thinking like, you know, when you work together and also live together, it, it will make a lot of problems. Yeah, sometimes it's not that easy, especially because, you know, I'm perfectionist. But at the same time, it's, it's really nice to travel together and, you know, to have the same 
same goals, I would say. And then also I have uh, a friend of mine who is working f with me maybe for five years already or four years, Mark. And yeah, and in the past we used to have uh, more more guys working f working for Keiko Films, and yeah, sometimes uh, one of one of the guys, Christoph, Christoph, he's already studying uh, documentary, and he's doing uh, more artistic documents and stuff. Very cool. So, how how did you find the other members of your of your team at the university actually? Because, oh, okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. what I <laughs> told you in the beginning about studying at the university, so I was also uh, doing the lectures at the university. After I, after I finished my studies, I was, uh, I was teaching at the university. So Mark's one of my students, actually. So, well, did you know of his skills as a, as a filmmaker before? Or, or did he come to you and say, hey... I, I know you shoot weddings. I'm I'm interested in doing that too. Or you know, I I said like it was me who picked him. Or it's kind of like more complicated. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I picked Christoph, who is now you know doing something else, and he he knew Mark. And but for me, it was always more important that he has the same values and maybe same artistic vision. I knew he's listening to similar. Or, or that he, he has a similar musical taste and stuff like yeah. that. And this was much more important uh, than, you know, for instance, he knew nothing about shooting weddings. But that's, you know, that's actually like the ideal situation because he can learn everything from me. And he can just, <laughs> I, can, I can just, you know, teach him. And it's, he was, in some parts, he's basically a clone of myself. Sometimes he <laughs> brings the, the footage home and I, 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 look at, uh, I look at the footage and I was like, yeah, it's, these are my compositions, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, on your website, so it comes across as if you sort of are based out of Iceland sometimes or Italy. Do, yeah. do you spend long periods of time there? Mm, like, not, not in a normal year. Not really. I think these are more Uber legends. I don't know, like actually, like uh, how this happened. But yeah, sometimes we're referred to as uh, being based out of Italy. Sometimes out yeah. of Iceland. It just we spend a lot of time there. But yeah, we we are still based out of the Czech Republic. Mm. It just we we travel a lot, and I think we we do only very little weddings at home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What and what do weddings in the Czech Republic look like? Are they similar to sort of? American or UK style uh, of weddings? They're, they're fine. It's just, uh, you know, for me, uh, it wasn't that inspiring anymore. It just, right. you know, if, if you're at the same place for three or four times, uh, you know, in Iceland, I could be there like forever because it's so inspiring and the weather is, is different all the time. But in the Czech Republic, it's more of a... You know, you have weddings in, in hostels or in some, you know, luxury venues. And it started to be the same for me, you know, the, basically it's the same, just different decoration. And I, I, I kind of like felt like, yeah, I, this, this is not something I, I really enjoy to do because, you know, if, you're, if you do your job like really well one time, then I've been to the same place again, and I was like, "Yeah, what else I can do?" <laughs> Actually, like, yeah. I, I think, like I've already tried my best, and it's not going to be any better. And it was like really, a really bad feeling. So that's yeah. that's how, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I completely understand that. I remember a few years back, we were concentrating more on the local market and uh, we we had this booking for this venue called Brigadoon. Um, and it was we were shooting there, I don't know, how, how many times, Greg? Was like five or? Was yeah, it, I don't was know. It, it was it's a long similar, time like once you shoot there well, you start getting asked back a lot. Mm. So we were, we, yeah, we were uh, feeling the exact same thing. You know, how do you make this, you know, even, even how do you make this different? Because um, it was a venue where um, everything was kind of set up the same and it was kind of a small venue. So there's only so many places you can kind of take your couple or, um, yeah. So I completely understand that. Yeah. I do. Let, let's start talking about the way you shoot them because obviously, on your on your about us page, um, you say that we are spectators, not directors. It's obviously not not wanting to assume, but it sounds like you have a very hands off approach to shooting a wedding. Am I am I right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, maybe like uh, I think like everyone will tell you that yeah, we we don't uh, we don't stage. It's everything is just a pure documentary. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then you see the films and you you can tell like from the from the from the footage that yeah, this show has been done like redone at least three times. But for for me, uh, you, you know, uh, once I was uh, at holiday with a friend of mine who is a photographer and also mm-hmm. with my now wife back then girlfriend. And he wanted to make some pictures for his portfolio. And he was kind of like forcing us to do different poses or maybe like, uh, and I, I really felt that I wasn't feeling comfortable. And yeah. now when I look at the pictures, uh, it just remem- it reminds me the, the feelings. Yeah, so, and, and with the, I think that with the wedding videos or wedding pictures itself, it's, it's, it's the same because it should be a memory. It's mm-hmm. it's it's all about memory. Like we're creating memories for for our clients, and if if you do some, if you like, you can have a, a style where you will stage everything, and it will look amazing. Especially on the social networks, it would be it would look really good. But at the same time, I, I'm asking myself, like, yeah, but does the client really want something like this? Because it's not a memory of the wedding day. It's it's some kind of vision of the wedding videographer who forces them to you know do this kind of shot. And you know maybe for some it works because they just want a beautiful wedding video. But for me, I would be really. It would just make me remember how we faked the you know this kind of like let's say putting on the suit and how we re- had to redone it five or six times so that's that's my approach i'm really trying to be invisible sometimes maybe even too much but yeah <laughs> usually sometimes it works. too much yeah you, you just hang about outside you're not even there yeah sometimes i really feel like <laughs> yeah but maybe it would be much better if we would have done it like in a different way but i'm really like trying to yeah of course like if there is the light is really bad or something i will tell them like yeah let's go to uh, another room or can we do it here by the window but i never yeah. tell them like yeah let's put the suit in here or uh guys can we do this here and then uh, no, let's go over there yeah i'm really trying to be as as much as invisible as i can yeah uh, do you have any do you have any techniques um 
I so I remember you know one technique that that um, we employ sometimes is you know if we've got try to think of an example here. Uh, say you've got the bride's shoes. Uh, of, of, of fact, no, because I did this in Sky. If you want the groom to put on his shoes, um, but you're thinking, oh, this room's a little bit better with the with the lighting. You know, you just mm-hmm. go and leave the shoes in that room with the good light. You don't even need to say, hey, can we get you in this room? He'll he'll just naturally go in there and, you know, put on the shoes. Do you have anything kind of like that that allows you to stay hands off, but still, you know, capture the good light or anything like that? I would say that I'm trying to be like one step ahead of everything. So I, I always look for compositions and I'm trying to imagine like, yes, what would look really nice in this composition, uh, especially in the morning, I kind of scout a lot of locations at the place. And then I know like once things will start to happen, I know like, yeah, where should I put my camera to make it look good? Yeah. But, you know, elopements are different because if it's just you and, uh, and the couple, of course, like you have to talk to them a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if you have a big wedding, especially like these high-end weddings, everything will happen like really quickly and no one's going to wait for you and no one's yeah. going to redo something for you. So that's <laughs> <laughs> But I also think like that's when, when the documentary style shines because then you have a chance to do something very special and at the same time you don't, you don't even have to talk to the couple during the day. Uh, that's, I think it's really nice. So, no, not really. I just try to stay. And also, uh, you know, like uh, a night before the wedding, mm-hmm. I go through all of my notes. I have a questionnaire for the couple. I try to ask them a lot of questions like what's important for you. And I know like I've scouted the place. And I know, so I know a lot of information. And the mm-hmm. night before the wedding, I try to visualize the wedding day. And I, I, I try to think like, okay, so at this part of the wedding, I will... I will use these slides and I will try to capture and I will try to focus on, let's say, emotions of, of the guests. And at, at this part of the wedding, I will try to be more, more all over and stuff like that. So I try to visualize and sometimes I, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, <laughs> it's nice to be prepared and it's not to have the options in your head. <laughs> yeah. So what sort of benefits have you found from shooting in a sort of discreet, a non-directorial type of way. I'm more connected to to the to the couple and also their families and everyone. So I have time to observe and I feel like uh, also I would say that it's them at the video. It's not my imagination of how things should be, but I I give them time to to be themselves, and that's I think why they look so good at the wedding films because uh, it's them, you know. They feel, they feel good, and they trust me, and I think mm-hmm. that's what you can feel it from the from the wedding films, or at least I hope so. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Obviously, you mentioned you know there are slight differences between uh, shooting a wedding and shooting an elopement. Yeah. Um, how, how do they differ for you then? Yeah. So if if it's a, if it's a, a a really big wedding, then we really try to stay out of out of the way or out of the view of anyone so you have to use longer lenses 
we use monopods and we really try to step back use of telephoto lenses and we try to we are basically hunting for for some emotions there or action and we only we maybe with with the day how it's developing then we are getting more closer and closer to the people and then during the party we are really close that's also why I, the, yeah but you have these big parties and then i tr- really try to be really like in their face mm. so especially during the the parties I, i want them to feel that i'm really close i think like i'm hyping the people to you know do something more crazy but oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, during the ceremony and in the morning we're tra- really trying to be you know as as far away from from what's going on as we can because especially everyone's nervous and i feel like also the ceremonies it's uh it's a special event for the guests and we're just observers and it's it's not that we should be staying like in front of uh the family or stuff and for real opens it's, it's really different because i found out that i can have just one lens and i can i can be really close to to the couple if they are feeling nervous i can maybe you know make them feel more comfortable uh but also for for elopements um trying to you know I, we could we could travel like different places but for, i think the the wedding video from elopen for me it's uh more of a i'm trying to capture the experience of them you know uh traveling through the nature and it's not just that we will you know do a lot of stop- stops with the car here at the waterfall here at the rocks then we jump back in the car but it's more like if you're at, at some place i give them time to you know to be there actually mm-hmm. so because we're again we're just capturing the memories yeah very cool I, that reminds me of um we're shooting in uh, <coughs> glen cole uh specifically uh glen Ethiv, i suppose Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's a few locations I had in my head and uh, to the couple there and on the way down they because we we give them walkie talkies they were like hey can we um, you know we're, we're, we're a bit of a, a a pair of natural swimmers so can we stop here and go for a paddle in in in, <laughs> in the in the in the river there and they like, yeah of course of course this is your day like we're not not just here for a for a cool locations yeah, and, yeah. and and stuff but you know and um a- after that moment they um they, they they started to come up with ideas and they had these flowers that kind of represented their uh past grandparents and they they threw them into the river at a different point and you know once they started to open up and, and realize that it's not just a shoot for them it's you know that experience oh man yeah, yeah. they just loved it just loved it so Yeah. Yeah, I think it's especially with uh, social networks. Uh, you know, we tend to create epic pictures or epic footage. But I think it's sh- something should be it should be something more than just a epic epic location and uh, it should be about experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. On that, so you've got location, you've talked about sort of emotion in the moment and composition when you're about to sort of record a moment or a scene what's the most important to you and then what else do you look for in a shot hmm. <laughs> that's a very hard question <laughs> uh, i don't know but yeah obviously it's all about the light that's that's why i really like you know this moody weather <laughs> yep. so yeah the, the the more 
brutal it gets, uh, the better the pictures will look, of course. So that that's why I really like to travel to these, uh, to, to Scotland or to 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 Iceland. Uh, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to tell. For me, I think it's it's all about emotion. It's not just the emotion of the couple, but also emotion of the of the composition. I'm not so not so. Although of course I'm I'm uh, I'm a nerd when it gets to to equipment, but <laughs> once I st- once I start shooting, I have very simple style. I think sometimes it can be just one lens, and I really try to uh, think of all of the different maybe compositions or emotions I could create. But I never I try to simplify everything gear wise. So that I don't have too many options, yeah. you know, because I think if you have, for instance, if you have five lenses, then you have five options, and you will be thinking all the time, like, yeah, which lens should I use for for this shooting? Should I take twenty four or eighty five? Or so if you have just one one option, it's, things will get much simpler, and yeah. then also your shooting will be more about the pictures and less about the gear. So. Uh, I don't think we asked you this. When you go to a wedding or when you go to elopement, are you a single shooter or do you have? Um, are you, are you, do you work as two or do you work as three? Yeah, it depends. Usually, we uh, in in standard case, it would be two of us shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you have a small elopement, sometimes it's enough for for one of us to travel. Yeah. Because yeah, it's uh, you can get really close. And if you want to have for you know wide angle shot, and then you want to to have also uh, more close ups for 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 the edit, uh, you can just walk, <laughs> and you're not going to be in the in a view of anyone. So uh, things are much simpler, especially if it's just just a couple, or if it's the couple and maybe the closest family, then you know things get much easier for you. And for yeah. bigger weddings, we always travel in the team of two. We have two cameras, and we. One one is doing the more close-ups and one's doing the more wide-angle shot. Also, uh-huh. if you if you have a big wedding, uh, usually the the bride and the groom are getting ready at the same time, so you have to split in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the what I call the documentary elements of a wedding, so like mm-hmm. the 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 ceremony and the speeches are probably the two most uh, biggest. Um, how, how what would be your approach to shooting? Shooting those, uh, yeah, but I think they don't give you much, you know, creative options what to do like differently. Mm. So we try to do a very simple style for the f- simple style for the for the ceremony, also for for the for the speeches. You just have uh-huh. two cameras, one is more wide angle, trying to capture uh, show like where it's happening, and mm-hmm. then the second camera is capturing the the emotions, and you know because. It needs to be all connected together, so you you will show like where and what was the weather like, and you know how how's everyone's been dressed, and then with the second camera you're trying to show the you know faces and emotions, someone crying. So the second camera is trying to capture those, and we are not using tripods, we're just using monopods because we we need to move like a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. And also, yeah. So we're looking at each other all the time. We have uh, gestures so that we can, you know, 
talk to each other during the during the ceremony. Uh, we are trying not to move at both cameras at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it uh, also happens anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all the time. All the time. All the time, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But but I don't like I, you know, I don't like to be having like five cameras at the at the tripods and you know it it just scares yeah. people. So yeah. yeah so you always. shooting those elements with the intention of being able to deliver them as a full edit. Is that included in your package or an extra? It's not included. We usually, we have a, like our, we only have two packages. One is just a clip and the second package is the, the, the highlights clip. And uh, we always say something like 13 to 20 minutes longer cut. So that's the more expensive package. And then you can get, you can get some, some options like uh, if I want to have a full ceremony, yeah, we can do that. No problem. Yeah. And we uh, always shoot the same way. Even if, if they book us just for the highlights clip, it can happen and it happens a lot that uh, after the wedding or after after we will deliver the highlights clip, they will, they will upgrade for the more expensive package or they will ask us just to deliver the, the raw cuts of the speeches and stuff. And also, like if you're shooting like uh, in this kind of documentary style, you never know when the most important ha moments will happen because we're not creating them. They, they just happen by themselves and sometimes they just last for half of a second. So we're shooting a lot, even, even, if, even, if, even if it's a, a, a short clip, we always shoot a lot. It could be like six hours of footage just for the two, three yeah. minute video. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> We yeah, do that. We're, we, we, uh, we're pretty much the same on, on all of that. Like <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the ceremony edit, it's not included, but I would say 60 to 80% of the time after the wedding, people are adding on either that or the speeches, more often mm, the speeches. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you've mentioned that you're a bit of a gearhead but also you like to keep it minimal <laughs> who's not yeah so what is your sort of go-to gear setup for a wedding day what's your sort of camera and lens combo that you gravitate towards yeah so uh i used to shoot a lot with canon 5d but with a magic lantern that's a that's a software by third party and it enabled to yeah. shoot raw video with the camera and I was shooting maybe for five years with the camera or four years. And I had a problem to find, you know, a better camera like that because it was really small, it was weather sealed and uh, the, the picture was amazing. And I've tried Sony and, you know, I tried everything, but I didn't really, you know, shooting, shooting a compressed image. It's like, do you know any photographer who would be shooting JPEGs? Uh, <laughs> It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make a sense, especially if in in uh, in uncontrolled environment. You have different lightings, and you you make a lot of mistakes. And raw can save uh, a lot of lot of shots that otherwise would be ruined. Mm. So I was yeah. I was waiting uh, for another camera that shoots raw. Then I switched to Blackmagic Design. <laughs> And I, I remember, like first time, I was I was shooting in Iceland with with uh, the pocket camera. It's called pocket, but it, it's oh, yeah. it's really bulky and really heavy. <laughs> it's not pocket. <laughs> yeah. 
and I had, uh, I had, I, we, we, we had two cameras, and I've had a third camera with me, like ready with the, with the, with the card, and, and, and even with the lens and with the, with the battery in it, and it was ready. Uh, because I was really scared that the camera will fail because it's like it's made out of the plastic and it's not weather sealed. But it, 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 it did quite well, but I didn't really enjoy uh, shooting with it because it was really, really bulky and big and heavy. Mm -hmm. So right. yeah, then and then right now I'm, I'm shooting with uh, Sigma FP. That's really small camera right. and it also shoots well. And also I found out that uh, uh, once I was in uh, uh, traveling through Iceland, maybe for two weeks, and I only had uh, Canon 5D and few batteries and few cards, and I didn't even have a charger. And I found out that uh, the pictures were amazing because I, because the camera was so small, I could carry it all the time. And because I only had, let's say, six batteries for the whole trip, I was really thinking all the time before I turned on the camera and started rolling. And it's, yeah. so this was really like moving for me. And, I, and then I try to, to do the same approach for weddings. So I have small camera, maybe sometimes I really try to have just one lens. And I, I, I try to think about the best way how to capture. And, uh, you know, it was the same in Iceland. I was, I, was, I was at some place and I was thinking like, what would be the best way to, to capture my experience of being at that place? So it's not just about having the, the nice picture, but it's more about trying to capture the experience. But of course, if I say like, I just only have one lens, that's not uh, gonna work on big, higher, higher budget weddings because <laughs> you cannot shoot a ceremony with 35 if it's uh, a <laughs> ceremony of 400 guests. So yeah, of course we do have like 10 lenses. It just, I try to pick the best for the job. Mm -hmm. Is the is the thirty five the the one you would kind of lean towards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> this is my most favorite lens. Mm. Yeah. Is that the Sigma thirty five? No, no, that's that's too big. I have Canon. It's f two. Right. <laughs> it's really cheap. It's it's uh, it just you know it looks really 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 cheap from outside, but it's 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 my go to lens because it's uh, it's so lightweight. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that, that's the most favorite. I'm, I think like 95% of my shots are done with this lens. And the rest is, yeah, all, we have all of the, all of the lenses. Well, for instance, uh, the, the Sigma, I would use it for, for low light, but I wouldn't be using it for, for day shots any, anyway, because I don't need to be shooting at f1.4 during the day. So I have yeah. both. And I'm just using the the right lens for the for the for the right weather or part mm -hmm. of the day. If <laughs> that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> and are you are you one for? I, I'm not familiar with the the camera. Uh, Sigma FP. Yeah, I've not I've not actually used it or or anything like that. So I'm not familiar with uh, like like do you are you focusing by hand are you using like, yeah, autofocus yeah, yeah. features everything like, everything's manual everything's manual yeah. it just mm -hmm. you know there's no there's there's no perfect camera and uh, no obviously and for me <laughs> yeah. you know it could be you could have a, a have a camera that's uh, maybe really nice to work with it could have a stabilized lens stabilized sensor or autofocus but then usually the the 
the pictures are compromised mm. or the other way around for you know if you're talking about four four thousand five thousand euros per camera then you could have uh, really nice images but then everything is manual like the black magics or the sigma and uh -huh. for me it's it's you know and also for the client they will only see the 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 results and the colors and the expositions and uh, so I think they don't, you know, if, if, if uh, autofocus will make your life easier, then fine. But I can also work with manual and I can have a better image. So for me, yeah. yeah. I have to say, for us gearheads out there, 2020 <laughs> has been a very strange year. So many cameras being released this year. <laughs> oh my God, like honestly. <clears throat> Just what a weird, what a weird time. All right, so, so, so moving away from um, the camera gear and all that kind of good stuff. Once you've shot all your footage from a wedding or from an elopement, what are the moments that you focus on that make one of your films a cackle film? Mm, I think I will start uh, like looking from through the footage and you know, uh, I will probably watch everything from the wedding because you know, especially if it's uh, if it's been shot by two people, then you know, I haven't seen at least like the second half of it, mm -hmm. and uh, and then we will start to think what would be the best way to put the story together. Sometimes I have some some thoughts also during the day, like yeah, this would be a really nice really nice introduction maybe, or you know, the, this would work for estimation shot. Uh, so, but usually it's all about the music, at least for the clip. So mm -hmm. I try to, I, I will, you know, go through all of the databases and I will pick maybe five or six songs. And then, and then I will, on a timeline, I will put few key, 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 key parts of the, of the footage and I will try to watch it and, you know, think of like how it works together. And then usually I will some some I will start to have some some creative ideas, and then we just try to finish it finish this whole story. But I never I never have any you know anything in my head before like yeah I want this music for this wedding because you know then it would be some some really joyful music let's say, and then uh, everyone will be so emotional during the, during the wedding day. And uh, so maybe a romantic music will work much better. So that's why I never prepare <laughs> a music or... Yeah, sometimes uh, in, in, in talk about kind of like preparing stuff, um, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, if we're doing an elopement, you know, and we get back, I will maybe try and create something very quickly for the couple, you know, that night. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the, I think that's the only time where I kind of go out and, and select pre-select a song that has well it'll be like five songs that I pick because obviously we asked the couple about what music they like as well um, yeah and that's that's the only time I will, I will pre-select something having not you know seen what I'm working with yeah and of and course yeah. doing that yeah to speed up the post-production for that same day edit yeah oh yeah because yeah. yeah. you know when you're out in the field you're, when you're out on Sky there is not that great internet out there or it could be kind of <laughs> patchy or you know you don't want to be you know left without a good wi-fi signal um when you need to put together something so yeah um, uh, yeah speaking speaking of someday edits i've only done one 
<laughs> oh yeah, okay, uh, okay. yeah. I don't think I will I will ever try again. But it it's, <laughs> it did it did it did really well. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the wedding from from Miami. It was probably the biggest wedding I've done last year. Uh, I, uh, when I spoke to to the bride before, actually she confirmed us. She said like, yeah, I really I really like the the offer and everything's really nice. It just I really want to have a, a short edit for the Instagram, like 60 seconds, maybe the next day. And I was like, yeah, but we're shooting raw. <laughs> you know, it would take maybe 24 <laughs> hours, 24 hours just to just to copy everything to my computer. <laughs> and, and not that I would be able to to do the editing. But I was I really like challenges. So yeah, sometimes I try to shoot just with one lens. Sometimes I, you know, I, I, I try different challenges so that I will do something because I, I always think like uh, if you have uh, exceptional conditions, it will also your results will be exceptional. Mm-hmm. So th- this was the same. Uh, and uh, so I tried to prepare. I, I, I really tried to visualize the day. I chose the music. Uh, and then I used uh, a similar wedding with it and I used the wedding to create uh, the editing and then we tried to to like in one or two days we just uh, replaced uh, the footage from the old wedding with the with the new wedding we, we, we shot so we delivered yeah. maybe within three days and just one day was for us to get home from America back to Europe mm-hmm. <laughs> that wedding, I haven't seen it. Um, what, what was the, what, would it be on J- Vimeo? J- J- Jaden Patrick. It's it's the uh, on on my website. I think it's one of the first, if not the first. Oh, one. is it? Yeah, it's oh. the first one featured wedding films. And there there are two uh, two edits. One is the oh, three yes. minute long, and then one is around sixty seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember I, I've watched the uh, I've watched the. Uh, uh, Fargo, the the film. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. The, the film? Yeah, it, there's a, there's a film and also the TV series. Mm. Uh, and I, I I've seen the film and the soundtrack is uh, it's really something uh, something different. You wouldn't think like when there's a gangster doing something really bad and then there's a, a romantic music playing. And I really liked <laughs> the, the the you know the tension it created. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, for, for this wedding, you know, everyone would be expecting maybe some ecstatical dance music or, or whatever. It's Miami. And I was like, yeah, let's try something different. And I, I've, I was looking for, I don't know, like one week for a classical, classical music. And then I found one. So I've obtained the license and, and it, it really worked as I imagined. But uh, it was so much so stressful for me. <laughs> yeah. Wilt Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, Wilt Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so Wilt Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff. It means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative-friendly insurance. 
be a confident creative. Uh, but Martin, clearly you're doing something right because uh, you were awarded the the way up north. Was it? Um, Europe's best wedding videographer, oh, 2017, yeah. 2018, and you were a finalist for 2019, and uh, you were also a finalist for the Love Stories TV 2020. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, in fact, I'm kind of uh, gutted that Way Up North didn't happen this year, mm, but um, yeah. yeah, will you be going next year? Like honestly, I've never, I've never tried to work to. To you, you know, my, my work was never about awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, you know, I had the theory that uh, you know you could have the best wedding video, but if it doesn't work for the client, then it's it's nothing, at least for me. And mm-hmm. I, I always thought like you know uh, these these films that are you know winning the awards are more of a stage than maybe you know if you have uh, two weeks with a couple you could travel to moon and then you have you will have the best epic shot you could now no one else has so and then you will win something so i was kind of uh, ignoring everything uh, <laughs> and then cole found me somehow i, I don't know how <laughs> and i've realized that you know i I was wrong about uh, the, the awards and, and stuff. So yeah, it's been a really nice uh, experience for me. Yeah. Do you think these awards have had any effect on your business since sort of the nominations and the wins? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if, you, if you have a stamp that your work is the best, then of course like everyone will take you more seriously. I think so. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but it has uh, its cons and it also has its its, its pros. So usually, like uh, the client will will find you like googling something like the best wedding videographer from Europe or the best wedding videographer, which is it's it's amazing. And at the same time, you know you will get a lot of requests that uh, you know uh, maybe they haven't even seen the 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 film of yours and they'll just you know asking you for a pricing or. So, yeah. and, and my approach is actually like my marketing is, is uh, that I don't have any marketing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I like yeah, it. Because, yeah, because uh, I think like if, if you have a, something that personal as a wedding film, uh, your client should really know that, you know, it's you who they want to capture their most important day of their lives or one of the most important days. Uh, so I think like they should do the... They should do the homework and they should really like look at all of the different uh, options at the market and they should pick the one they really like, not just because it's the best by by some award, but because they really like the style and they really like the, you know, the overall emotions and the atmosphere of the wedding films, compositions and everything. Yeah. So that's my approach. <laughs> yeah. It's like when a couple replies and says, like if, if I chase them up and say, just checking if you got the information, and then they'll reply and say, oh yeah, we're just gathering quotes and then we're going to look at them. Instantly, you know that yeah. they're probably not the right one for us. Yeah. It's like, they're not, if they're basing it on price and they're gathering quotes to check that, we're not going to be the right company for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know when a couple come to you? Like kind of what Greg was saying, like if they're only asking for price, do you kind of, do you have a sense that, okay, these, 
this this couple have seen that I've won an award, and that's why they're getting in contact with me. Do you, do you have that kind of same vibe? I think I've I've uh, I've really tried because you know uh, also if you look at my films and the films featured on my website, mm. it's uh, it's not a mainstream wedding video I would say. So I really try to scare. Uh, it will sound arrogant, arrogant, but uh, I really, you know, I, I try to scare the people, and I really want just the, just the, just the people who will really like the films that are featured, maybe, mm-hmm. that will get in touch with me. So, uh, yeah. But sometimes I do do get requests like, "Yeah, I really like your style," and then we 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 will plan a FaceTime and then we talk. And uh, if I'll get the questions like, uh, yeah, can we, it's really nice, but can we do it like uh, completely different? Then I will be, I'll honestly <laughs> tell them like, yeah, it, it's yeah. not something I can do because it, it's not, it's not arrogant. It's more like, I know that I, I'm not able to do anything else than what I'm, what I'm doing. So uh-huh. yeah, I, no, tr- totally. I try to be honest with, the, with, with my clients, but usually yeah. it's 99%. When I get the request, it's usually, it's it's if I if I have a if I have a free free date and if my pricing is within the budget, it's ninety nine percent that that uh, clients that are contact me contacting me are the clients who I will finish the booking with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not totally. I remember. Uh, I w- it can't have been this year. It must have been last year. A couple coming to us and like, yeah, we, we, we love your films and stuff, but um, can you be less moody? <laughs> can yeah. you colour it more bright? Can you do it? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do you guys justice with what you want. Hmm. If they're just looking at something going, oh, maybe the colouring. Is it to do with the colouring? Or is it something else? Or You know, when you start having those doubts and you're... You'd find it hard to try and appease them in an edit with some sort of thing that they're kind of not wanting. I don't know. I just, I remember thinking, which is awful. I hope you guys don't book, but I hope they didn't book because I didn't think I was going to be able to create what they wanted in their head. Mm. Yeah, um, but I think it's you know it's much more complicated because you know in the beginning I I I told that uh, I don't want my films to be you know just for myself because you know it's the memory for the client and at the same time you know I will be forcing them uh, that you know this is my vision and this is my style and I'm not gonna change it for you so it's yeah. not that simple of course I really try to be, to listen to to them and I try to create something for them it's just mm-hmm. that we should be on the same wave. And yeah. if I know that yeah. we are the same same wave and we have the same taste or similar taste, then it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah. not that I'm yeah. doing the same for instance the same shows or I'm using only the moody moody soundtrack. Especially like if you will take a look at my portfolio, some of the weddings are completely different than the others, than the other films in the portfolio. Some are really happy, some are really moody. So mm. it's it's really. It just, I think the my style is more about uh, the the compositions and uh, the way I shoot. It's more about the way way I create the films. It's not about uh, simple things like compositions or or soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So continuing to talk about the sort of business side of stuff is you've obviously you've got some commercial stuff that you do as well. Is wedding films the main sort of 
earner for your business? Yeah, so in the in the beginning, I was only shooting, you know, local weddings. And then maybe after two or three years, I was, because, you know, I was doing films that I, I thought that my clients are expecting them to be. So it was really romantic. And they were all the same, you know, the shots of wedding dress hanging on a tree and shots of rings and all of (laughs) invitations and you know it was the same it was just different different content but the every the you know the main the main stuff was the same and it wasn't working really good and i've got a lot of requests you know to change the music hey we really like it but can we go for a completely different music so then you have to do do your job again and i was really close to to burnout so I, for a year or two, I really got away from weddings and I started to work more on commercials and I was uh, assess, uh, doing an assistant on, the, on a bigger set. And also uh, I was color grading commercials and uh, music clips, music videos. Uh, but then I realized that, you know, for, for a lot of people, weddings are something, you know, it's uh, it's not that interesting to be shooting weddings. Only you know these uh, guys who doesn't have a, a, an artist in vision are shooting weddings, and then you know think people think that commercials are something you know um, higher on the on the on the social level. Or I don't know if this makes any sense. Uh, but I've realized that you know making commercials, you have a, you have a script. And you just need to follow the script uh, as a DOP or as a colorist. It's not so creative as it looks. And I've, I found that uh, weddings are much more creative and I can travel. I can do what I really like. Uh, and so I kind of like jumped back into weddings. It's just that I changing, changed the approach. So mm. I'm more trying to find the, the right client for my style. So sometimes I have to travel a lot. But uh, yeah, I think it's really nice. Yeah. Weddings are good. <laughs> weddings are good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do miss weddings, I have to say. Yeah, me too. I yeah. do, I do. Just talking about them again. Oh. Uh, how, I, I don't think we've uh, asked you this. How many weddings do you shoot a year? Or how many... <laughs> How many weddings would you like to shoot a year or how, you know? Uh, I think I would love to shoot maybe five weddings a year. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I was asking that question, I was like, yeah, I know what he's going to say here. Yeah. <laughs> but how many, so, how many weddings yeah. do you shoot? Yeah, a lot. A lot, uh, okay. Uh, it's like at least 30, I think. Sometimes even more, like 35. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. A- and imagine like most of them are... Uh, you have to travel mm. a lot, so it's a, it's a lot of travel. But it's uh, I'm I'm every year I'm like yeah for the next year I'm going to have only fifteen, and then you have like yeah so yeah like this one yeah it's in it's 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 in Morocco yeah so this one I'm taking sixteenth, and then something like another really interesting wedding yeah <laughs> a request so <laughs> it will always end like something around thirty yeah. That's that's maybe the only bad side about getting your ideal clients coming at you all the time for to you know to to hire you to make a wedding film that you just if you've got a number in your head and they're like okay but we really want you and you're like I really want to do your wedding too 
Yeah. But I'm now, I'm, now like, I'm no longer shooting 50 winners. I'm now shooting 25 or I'm shooting 30 or 35. It's just, the number can keep going up because you just don't want to say no to mm-hmm. these ideal clients. But you, you know, you can you can hire the prices, but at, at the same time, you know, your your client that you are focusing on will change. So that, <laughs> that's usually I'm really scared to, you know, uh, play with, with pricing a lot. Because uh-huh. then, you know, if I will be doing a job that I don't really enjoy, I've done before and I don't want to do again, so... <laughs> yeah. How, how much do you, uh, do you charge for, for an elopement or a, or a normal wedding? It depends because, you know, the travel is all the time different, but it's something yeah. like... I would say it's starting at 3,000 euros and it can, get, mm-hmm. it can get quite a lot, especially if it's a bigger wedding. We mm-hmm. have to travel a lot. It just depends. It's so hard to tell. It could be yeah. like ten thousand dollars, but it's really hard to sell. Uh-huh. And do you have do you have many things that the clients can can add on after they've booked you? Is that like to kind of you, add you know more value? You you can have a elopement in Sky, and you, you will do the editing in five days, mm-hmm. and then you will have a really big wedding. It's not about uh, add-ons. It's more about I know like usually just from the request I can tell like. Uh, you know, and it's not just about shooting, but if I'll see that, you know, the editing will take four weeks to finish, then of course it should be three or four times more expensive than, than yeah. the price for the elopement. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I always send just the final quote to, yep. my, to my clients and I'll, I try to consider all the circumstances and travel costs, but you know, so mm-hmm. it's always different. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. I don't have fixed yeah. rates. Yeah. And also, no, you know, yeah, honestly, okay. like if I have already 25 bookings, then I'm going to be more expensive. Yeah. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, obviously, we've, yeah. we've had a number of guests on this podcast talking about pricing, but uh, the idea of uh, flexible pricing structures seems to set people off um, sometimes. So, yeah, the more guests that we can get on with that kind of flex mentality for their pricing, I, I think the, the better. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening and wants more info on pricing and flexible pricing, then I would recommend checking out the Richard Ling episode from a few episodes ago. Absolutely. Cracking episode as well. Yeah. So where you said you don't market much or at all, where do you think or where do you find most of your couples are coming from? Is it social media? Is it referrals? I think it's both. Yeah. I- and especially, I have a good relationship for with some some agencies. For instance, in Iceland, uh, I think uh, you know I was just traveling in Iceland before the before the wedding boom started there, and I thought like yeah, right. man, it would be so amazing to be shooting weddings here. And I found out that uh, there was a, an agency, and they've planned to to be to be uh, to be organizing uh, weddings for for uh, LGBT community and okay. th- right. yeah it, it was something like because I also I also think like I'm a minority <laughs> myself uh, so I was really connecting to this idea so I got in touch with them and I think I was maybe one of the first who were shooting like with them and since then I'm getting a lot of requests uh, from them and of course it's not just LGBT weddings now it's uh, I think the the majority are just you know normal weddings, uh, so I do get requests from them, and also I have uh, friends, similar agencies, uh, who are who I am friends with in in Italy, and in in Provence, uh, 
now uh, also like after the after the wedding in Miami the the wedding planner really liked my my my, my wedding so she's also referring me to to her clients and then also of course social media i think there are clients who are trying to have something different and then if they'll find me like if, if it's the if it's fit they will get in touch with me so it's kind of like mixture of all together um, mm-hmm. for now it, it works so i don't want to be using for instance adsense because you know if i will be marketing for something like like iceland budding videographer i think uh, i will do get a lot of requests that are you know not not the right fit for me mm. let's talk about your masterclass because <laughs> yeah uh, first of all it looks bloody awesome uh okay. so if I, do you want to just uh t- talk to us about it yeah so uh i've got a lot of requests through the years like can we get uh, like more information about you know what gear you use or how you pose with the couples and stuff and i've never had the time to actually like do the mentoring with the guys or create something for them and i thought mm-hmm. like this year would be really nice to maybe i will have time for this and i thought like yeah this would be a two-week project <laughs> it ended <laughs> up being like oh man it's been like three months or maybe maybe even more i think two months of shooting and uh, <laughs> almost half a year finishing editing and you know getting everything ready yeah uh, but I, uh, I've uh, seen like uh, a lot of different master classes and what I think uh, mine's different in is that uh, I'm not trying to show like shortcuts, like yeah, get this lens, it's amazing, or uh, I will show you like what I do in, in the editing, but it's more about the mindset behind my wedding films. You know, I'm really trying to explain why I'm using this kind of music or like how my style developed and what was the what were the things in my history that you know developed in this kind of style and stuff so uh, it's more about the long-term experience and long-term knowledge that you will get from from the from the masterclass but of course I will also like show all of my gear and stuff but I think like the the main main part of the of the masterclass is that you will you will get background uh, of uh, of my of my style and why I'm doing these kind of shots and why I'm doing this and that so is it is it just like does the masterclass take you right through from the pre-production right through to you know how to create a film how to color grade all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so uh I was thinking like yeah, if, if you if you plan shooting a wedding, then you will get through a different phases. Uh, so it's also like the the main parts of the masterclass are, you know, the pre-production part. This is the part where you will try to you know find the best camera and you will choose which kind of lenses you will pack with you. So I'm mm-hmm. you know, kind of, but it's also about your style and you because you're making the creative decisions during the wedding day and also you're making creative decisions when you pack for the wedding. So uh, it's more about the theory and inspiration. And so this is this is the first part. Then then I will go, go through a typical wedding day. That's the production part. And I will explain like how, how I shoot the ceremony and how I set up my sound equipment and everything. 
And then there's the post-production part. I will show like how I color grade. It includes my lot, but you know, I think it's, it's much more important to explain you know, how I create the, the color grade rather than just you know, selling a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. then, then the last piece is uh, I've picked 10 of the most important wedding films I have shot. And I will explain the whole story behind it, like how did the fi- client found me, uh, what were the like differences, and you know if if we were facing any uh, like special circumstances or what's behind the wedding film, why I have chosen this soundtrack, uh, and I also uh, will explain like how the how the how uh, how all of the shots were created. So I think it's it's kind of like nice to see also the behind the scenes because uh, I've talked to a lot of photographers and videographers and they always thought that uh, some of my films are pre-staged or you know they are they were scripted and then they, right. they then I've just created the the wedding film but it's the other way around so that's what I tried to to explain in the in the mm-hmm. masterclass yeah. So yeah, I would say it's it's not only for the beginners, but it's also for for uh, someone who is shooting for for a lot and who who is just looking for inspiration or who just want to know more about the style. Mm. Very cool. I take it that's a sort of on-demand video thing. Is there is there any sort of live call or Facebook group or anything? Uh, not yet. It's just uh, just uh, lectures, and then uh, yeah, cool. you can also you can also have uh, a mentoring, but it's just uh, it's, it's just an add-on. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So cool. where can people find the masterclass then? It's on my on my website. Yeah. So if you go to my website, there's the link and education, and you will get to to the masterclass, and you can see the you can see the the curriculum, and you can see the teaser and stuff. <laughs> For those interested in the masterclass for Kako, here is the audio from the masterclass film, of which you can check out in our show notes. But listen to this, guys. This sounds bloody awesome. Six years ago, I decided to quit my job in a big corporation, and I started to shoot weddings. Since then, I have been traveling around the whole world, meeting different clients and all kinds of cultures, shooting both small developments and huge big-budget weddings. And it has something in common. I love my job. I mean, it's my hobby, and at the same time, I get paid for it, right? And I love my clients. They give me so much creative freedom. And did I say to you that I have been awarded as the Europe's best winning videographer? Oh yeah, twice. Now, I want to share everything I have learned with you. And that's what this Keiko Films Masterclass is all about. I will share with you how I attract my dream clients, which steps I took in order to start shooting all around the world. I will show you my pricing and explain how to grow your business. I will show you the equipment I use and explain how I prepare for the weddings and how I communicate with my clients and wedding planners. I will also explain how I work during the wedding day, from the early morning until the night, and how I shoot the couple portraits. I'm getting a lot of questions about my colors and post-production, so yeah, this is included too. I will explain to you how I edit the videos and how I match different cameras, how I color grade my footage, and I'll also include a lot of tricks from the post-production. 
and my lot that I use on all of my films is included too. And there's more. I picked out 10 most important films I had shot and I will share a lot of information from the background. How the client found me, everything from the wedding day, what kind of equipment we used and I will also break down the editing process. It doesn't matter whether you have just started shooting weddings or if you are already in the business for years like me. This Keiko Films Masterclass will help you to grow and it will save you a lot of time. So, um, yeah, listeners out there, definitely go check it out. If you want to go directly, obviously there's links in the show notes, but you can just go to masterclass.cacofilms.com and I'll take you right there. I'm just jumping in here in the edit. Martin has very kindly reached out to say that he's going to offer our listeners a special early access to his Black Friday uh, sale for the Masterclass. So if you are interested in checking it out, get in there quick. I think the Black Friday deal is going to be on until the 30th of November. So check it out and the code will be Early Black Friday. Early Black Friday. All lowercase. Get on there and save yourself a bunch of money and learn from Martin's awesome masterclass. I suppose in rounding up, is there any advice that we've not covered that you maybe think our listeners would want to hear? Yeah, I think we've covered like that uh, you should not... You should try to be more of a like listener or observer during the wedding day, especially mm. if if uh, right now you are just you know you think that you should pose everything and it, it's the way how it should be because in the in the, in the beginning I was like that I always thought like the part of the of the wedding videographer's job is to you know create those images and then I've realized that they can actually ha- like happen without me instructing the clients. So that would be my like first advice. And then the second would be not too keen on the equipment that much, especially like during the quarantine, I'm having this gear acquisition syndrome again. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you, you read the marketing behind the cameras and you will think like, yeah, so this camera is so amazing, mine sucks. Uh, if I want to stay in the business, I need to buy this new camera or this lens or that, that stabilizer and the new drone is 10 times much better than the old one. Mm, and yep. while I was creating the masterclass, I did, uh, I did a recap of my wedding films and I've played back on the TV and actually I couldn't tell the difference between the, the old films from <laughs> six years ago than the new 4K or 6K films. I'm creating now. So I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. I've been hunting for the best camera for six years and now I can't even tell the difference looking at the films. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially in the beginning, you know, you would be buying uh, extremes. You would say, you would think like, yeah, I need to have the drone or I need to have the most wide, the, the widest angle lens on the market you can get or the, the longest telephoto. So just avoid that. And I think it's your life will be much simpler. Good advice. Good, Good advice. advice, definitely. Do you have any book recommendations for anyone listening? Uh, Whether it be filmmaking or business or anything? Not really. Uh, actually, like I'm, I'm trying to avoid stuff that's connecting, <laughs> connected to the business. And uh, you know, for instance, I'm also like on on social media. Uh, I'm I'm trying to avoid looking at Instagram because mm. at least for myself yeah. it makes me depressive 
I look at, at everyone's work and I, I feel like mine sucks and they are so so they're doing so well. So I'm really just trying to be myself and I'm only like looking for advices if I'm if I'm struggling. But uh, yeah, so my recommendations would be yeah, listen to music and watch watch films, not YouTube, but watch some real cinema and <laughs> get some inspiration. You can watch YouTube too. I watch YouTube. Uh, yeah, but YouTube, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that most people feel that way about their own work. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, Martin, your work is absolutely awesome. So, don't feel that way. Don't Thank feel you. that way. <laughs> Something I want to know is, who do you want us to have on the podcast who would you like to hear from hmm you know uh, I would love to know more about the work of Nick Tucker you know him Nick Tucker don't recognize the name but definitely check him out because I, I was all you know it's kind of like a fashion fashion styled wedding wedding pictures right I feel like I'm really connecting connected to what he's doing, but I would love to know more. <laughs> it's just, you know, I wasn't prepared to answer this question, so that's my <laughs> fast answer. We like to keep our guests on, yeah. on their toes. Um, cool. All right, yeah. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Can you, why don't you let people know where they can find out more information about yourself and your films? That's also like hard, hard question because I'm trying to not be so 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 dependent on the social networks and uh, yeah. So I'm not really sharing like everything that I'm doing. <laughs> I think also like my last post on on the Instagram is like I don't know, maybe three months old. So, <laughs> but they can they can they can send me a message anytime if they if they if they want to know something. I'm replying to everything. It's just, uh, yeah. But that would be a that would be a, a discussion for another three hours, I would say. But it just for my for my mental health, I would say that I'm trying to stay away from social networks at least for now. I think that's good advice for everyone as well. Just try and stay off the socials a bit more than you normally would. Yeah, it's it's nice to use them for. Uh, for your for your advantage it's nice to take take advantage of the social networks it's just they're making it so hard for you because you know obviously they need you to be to be looking at them all the time because they can then they can sell you another advertising mm. you need you yeah. need someone to look at all of the adverts so you know they're they're really good at at something but at the same time they will take a lot of time away from you so yeah <laughs> If you want people to write to you, what's the best place? Yeah, anywhere. Instagram, anywhere? Facebook. It, it's not. Uh, it's just. It's just. Uh, I'm not like sharing information like on daily basis on the Instagram in, in, in stories or reels or whatever. It's just yeah. you know. But get in touch with me. Like whatever works for them. Instagram, Facebook, email, or contact form on my website. Of course. Cool, Martin. Thank you very much for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks again. And people can find us at Cinemate Films on Instagram and Facebook and .co.uk and all that. Yeah, we also have individual Instagram accounts too. 
I am Cine underscore Simon. Greg is Cine underscore Greg. If you want to follow our individual accounts, but if not, totally fine. Just thought I'd throw that in there, Greg. What, what are you posting on your individual account? Is there anything different? Anything different? Uh, it's just my uh, film photography stuff. Um, a little bit more family focused. What about yours, Greg? Lots of pictures of yep, Claire. Just film, film photography, really. Who I've still not met, by the way. Yeah. Sweet! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah! Let's do a wee review shout out. I've just pulled up some reviews and I've found one. So let's go with Claire. The, the reviews from Claire at Unscripted Photography. It's got five stars. Always a good start. Ooh. And Thank she you. says, like listening to friends, I've only just discovered your podcast. Where have I been? I love it. Being a wedding pro at the best of times can be an isolating job. It's even more so during this ridiculousness. But tuning in to you guys transports you to a coffee bar sat with your pals talking about the work you love. Informative and entertaining. I've loved every one of your episodes. Cheers, guys. That is exactly what we want it to feel like. Feel like you're just sitting, having a coffee with your mates, talking about weddings. So thank you so much for that review, Claire. Yes, obviously taking the time out of your day to write that makes me feel nice and warm. So thank you very much. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online. Please leave a review. That is a massive help in order for us to grow the podcast. But if you don't want to do that, totally cool. Tell your best friend. However, until next time, enjoy your life.